Giftpreneurs, episode two. Excited to be back. Today we're going to be talking about work life or your life's work and breaking those two up. And I'm going to lay out a couple things here that I believe can be of use to you as you journey through this life of trying to implement your gift and link it into how to serve it to the world through entrepreneurship. So welcome back to episode two of Giftpreneurs. Let's get into it. So today's episode um, took me a day or two to figure out how to really build upon sharing my thoughts and ideas in a format that uh, brings people along this journey that uh, I call life. And so in life, um, there's uh, many ways of looking at the approach we have towards uh, contributing, whether it be through employment, through entrepreneurship and self-employment or through creating a business that eventually takes on a life of its own. And so right now, my biggest desire with Giftpreneur is to give people ideas, thoughts, and just uh, take you on this journey together. Because I believe that uh, once you tap into your gift, your God-given gift, it'll open up the world to you in a way like you could have never imagined. And then that plays upon the proverb uh, 1816 of a man's gift makes room for him. So let's get into finding our gifts. And I think that'll definitely lead us down a pathway that'll be very enjoyable uh, this year, not only uh, this year, but in the decade ahead and for the rest of our lives, for the most part. And so I'm excited to be back for another episode. So I want to get right into it. So I came across two interesting statistics of which if for those that are on the YouTube channel, I'm actually doing a little video recording at the same time. So I encourage you to uh, look for giftpreneurs on YouTube so you can see some of the visual things that I'm presenting right now. But the very first uh, stat I want to throw out there is something that plays well into what we're going to talk about today and when it talks about your your work life. And so on the screen here, it says what percentage of our lives are spent working? And so according to some stats given out here, it says about one third or 30 percent of a human life is spent working. And of course, the average work week is 40 hours in, in, in the United States of America. And so that equates to roughly once you typically graduate from your schooling, whether it be high school or college or however far you take your higher learning, you'll then spend 25 years to maybe 30 years, 40 years typically uh, working, uh, which basically uh, consists of getting up every day, going somewhere, earning a check, contributing to more than likely um, some type of grand picture in the form of whatever your uh, corp company's mission statement is. You're a part of that game plan to help build, whether it be market share or just uh, sale products or whatever it might be, whatever that form of employment is, if that's the particular route you're taking. And so typically 25 to 30 years of that will be spent getting paid every two weeks if you're in the United States of America. And a part of that, like I mentioned, first episode is taking a portion of that, putting it aside, letting it grow, all of the things that you're promised in hopes of when you, when your time is up, when the clock expires, as far as your average working lifespan, you'll have something built up and able to retire and feel comfortable and do all that stuff down the line. Okay. And so a lot of that's changing. And we're going to talk a lot about that and moving in episodes ahead. But right now, work life, that's the typical pathway of a work life. And so you get up, you go to school, you do what you're told to do, and that's pretty much where it starts and ends for a lot of people. And so this year, especially 2020 moving forward, is the opportunity for you to begin thinking beyond the box, unboxing yourself and going beyond what the typical narrative is currently, because the world is changing around you. Hopefully you are going to adapt to it and then change along with that. And so one third of your life, 
will be spent working. And the primary driving force for people to work, unfortunately, because if they're not involved in activity that brings out the best of them, if they're not involved in activity that utilize their unique area of gifting, their skill, they'll never. And I'm speaking from personal experience myself. You'll never experience fulfillment in the works of your hands or your time spent somewhere unless it's tapping into something that brings out the best in you. And then that's the real importance behind finding what it is you are created to do. What is your part in this big equation? What is your life's contribution? Because as you find that or once you get inspired to search for that, it'll take on a new life in itself and it'll give your life new meaning. And so another statistic I want to throw out there, along with working one third of your life, on the screen here I have, it says, how many jobs will the average person have in his or her lifetime? And so this is an older article here that I just grabbed offline. But the answer is between 12 to 15. It says, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average worker currently holds 10 different jobs before the age of 40. And this number is projected to grow. And so according to research done by Forrester Research, it predicts that today's youngest workers will have between 12 to 15 jobs in their lifetime. And so that's another thing to add on top. Not only will a good portion of the population spend probably more closely to half of their lifespan looking to pursue something that provides finances to then take care of their daily living, set something aside that hopes in hopes of it growing so that you can enjoy it later. And on top of all the other things that come along with um, being alive these days. And of course, everybody has the desire and dream and ambition at some point after they started their career to purchase a home, start a family, have kids, take vacation, do all the things that encompasses the American dream. And that's another whole nother issue we're going to touch on another time because that American dream has sold a lot of people up the creek. And unfortunately, the paddles have been removed from the boat. So now a lot of people are Really finding out that American dream thing is not everything it uh, was sold to our great uh, our grandparents rather. And so I think one of the biggest things that I'm trying to encourage people here is to not pursue the American dream, but figure out what your dream is and start pursuing it. Because your dream, if it has to do with contribu contributing to the world in the form of un un unleashing yourself, revealing your uniqueness, then I think you'll be a lot happier than you would be if you were pursuing the American dream, which usually is tied around consumption where you have to buy this house, buy this car, buy these clothes, buy all these things to give you the image or the facade that you are living some type of dream lifestyle, which a lot of that is going to become problematic in this decade. So here we have the two concepts I want to throw out there today. Work life and your life's work. And so just from the concept of your working life, we already pointed out that you're going to spend one third. And I believe in this decade here, it's going to probably equal more than half of your waking time working or looking for employment or doing something that contributes to uh, your livelihood. And then on top of that, more than likely, you're going to be ha you're going to probably have, as it says here, 10 to 15 jobs in your lifetime. So take us a minute and now and, and wherever you're at now in your life, whether you're, if you're just entering the workforce or if you're currently in the workforce, just take a little backtrack as to how you arrived at which you, where you're at now. And so you might be one of the individuals 
pursuing the corporate ladder. So as you guys can see on the YouTube video here, I have a pretty much a, a, a diagram of what the giftpreneur, the foundational pieces of giftpreneur. And it says you work your gift or someone will work you. And so here we have the full spectrum of what giftpreneur is initially going to be built upon. And of course, I'm going to be adding a lot more to it. But at the very bottom, it's a baby. And so we all come in to the world the same way and we're all going to you typically exit out the same way with our last breath, whether it be naturally or unnaturally. But yet we're all given a clean slate at the very beginning. Everyone comes into the planet with a with a blank canvas. And unfortunately, and I say this out of, out of great respect, your canvas that you personally come into this world with is, is blank. It's a clean slate. And. It's unfortunate that our parents that mean well, but typically they themselves are probably caught up in the very same rat race that we eventually majority of us end up finding ourselves entering into. And it has a lot to do with this visual aid in front of me here where this baby that's at the bottom of this visual aid typically is encouraged to go the route that leads to the left. So on my left here, the next very next image is a school building and a child with a book bag on. And so from the time we're born to the time we enter into the academic realm, the biggest and a leading driving force behind everything our parents tell us to do is to get good grades. If you get good grades, you'll be one of the top in your class. And then from there, you'll be able to have doors open to you. You'll get all type of accolades, all type of uh, rewards and all types of things come from getting good grades. And then from that, typically the very ne next ladder up is a gentleman in a suit next to a building with a ladder next to it. Once we get out of school, we're then encouraged to pursue not necessarily our dreams, but we're encouraged to pursue whatever it is we studied in school in the form of a skill to then implement it into the world in some form of employment, typically and then from that point on, we jump on that corporate ladder, speaking for the majority. And then from that point on, it's 30, 40 years that one third or more of your life spent working to accomplish whatever it is that is set before you. And it all has to do, unfortunately, with how much do you make at that point? And if you make enough, then you're in the top tier of society. But if you don't make enough, you're down in the middle. Or if, if you didn't follow the instructions given to you by your parents where you didn't go to school, you didn't get good grades. Typically, you might not go to college. Then you got a, 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 a you may not have a job that requires you to have a degree and things of that nature. So therefore, you might not be labeled a skilled worker. So then at that point, you're working a service sector job or whatever it might be. But it's that typical route. It starts with that that blank slate of of our lives that our parents typically tend to draw on for us. And they not really knowing much different or knowing any better because it's the same thing that was told to them. The same thing that they were taught when they were younger was make sure you go to school. And then more than likely, if you're in this generation of millennials, college is the driving force behind all our parents ambitions for their child because they believe that if you don't have a degree, then you can't be successful, whatever that is. And so here we are, our, our work life is pretty much created for us the day we're born by our parents, because we tend to emulate what we see from our parents just by default, because that's how we learn. We learn by first, first impressions, seeing things done, and then we get the verbal confirmation where 
where however our parents speak to us when it comes to money and when it comes to them sharing their viewpoints of the world, we tend to adapt that and that's drawn into our blank canvas that we are uh, born into this world with. And so the work life turns to be something that for the average person or the majority tends to be just something that they have to do. And they do it from the standpoint of if I don't do it, then I won't be a successful or B, I won't make enough money to accomplish all the things that come with that American dream concept. And so that's how people end up in a rat race. That's how people end up living unfulfilled when it comes from their contribution or lack thereof to this world, as opposed to them being primarily driven to contribute to their employer. And so, as I mentioned in the first episode, employment plays a major important role in our lives because typically everyone needs a job to get started. And then that's where it tends to stop. Once you got a job, I, I think God's best for us and God's best for you. I know definitely God's best for me does not come from solely being someone that is willing to trade my time, energy and skill sets just for a paycheck. I'm entered into a phase of my life now where I'm looking more for my contribution to humanity. And it far outpaces or outsees anything I can make in a nominal number as far as a paycheck, because I'm of the mindset that, you know, until you uncover your true value, you can't really place a number on what your true value is or what your worth or what your worth, because you haven't even tapped into your best you know, self yet. If you're not living in and through and for your gift, then you don't know what you're worth. But yet, if you're just solely looking for a paycheck, you'll be willing to trade your time and skill set that you learn from probably either in school or, you know, learn just through experience itself. You'll be willing to trade that for some type of number. And I think that's in this new generation uh, in this new economy that we're entering in now due to the uh, as one of the statistics mentioned, the average person is going to have 12 to 15 jobs. And that's without the technological advancements that are taking place right now with robotics, AI, and all the things that are going to increase that number of jobs that most people will have to uh, have from 10 to 15 to probably 15 to 25, depending on what line of work you're in. And so that right there creates and defines your work life. You get up, you go to work, and then for 25 to 30 years, you contribute to the growth and development, typically of some company or some institution. And you might go from 10 to 15 different companies or jobs all along being promised certain things that incentivizes you to leave that job for another. Or you're probably let go due to some downsizing or whatnot. Like, you know, right now we're in an economy where this upcoming year, this, this right now, January, you know, I think if you start paying attention to the environment around you, you're going to see, hear about and see more layoffs, especially if you're in the United States of America, because our economy is built upon consumption. And if people aren't employed and people, they're not making enough money, if they're tapped out because they're already heavily indebted with student loans at all time highs of, I think, one point something trillion dollars. And so that was all as a result primarily of the great financial crisis that happened a decade ago. We're 10 years removed. There's been no quote unquote recession yet. And the reason that is, is because everything has been artificially propped up. So this next decade, there has to be a day of cleansing in our economy, a day of correction, which is a natural and healthy thing. But the problem is that this next healthy cleansing or whatever is going to be life altering. 
And so it is imperative for you to think beyond your work life. And then when you do that, now it's time to start talking about getting into your life's work. And so your life work encompasses a lot of the things that this channel and this podcast is going to be about. And it has to do with your unique gift. And the, and the founding scripture for this is the fact that I believe as a part of that clean slate that you were born with, that I was born with, within the very fabrics of that canvas lies the ingredients and the materials for you to express your uniqueness. And so if your parents would have known, if your parents had known that the child that you are, the person you are, was uniquely crafted and created for something of extreme value in this world, your parents could have gave you a heads up. They could have steered you in a direction along with the conventional stuff of, you know, son, when you go to school, make sure you do your best. And so as a parent now for myself, I'm, I'm far past really truly caring about the end result of a test score because test scores nowadays basically is just a regurgitation of information that's irrelevant because think about this. If you're an adult right now, how much do you remember from your history tests in high school or your stats class or whatever class it was that you yourself during your life's journey, the test you took, you don't remember that stuff. I know I don't. And so this is not for everybody. Some people do, some, but, but, the, but the majority don't. And right now I'm speaking to the majority of people who did what they were told to do. And your results that you currently have right now may not be, um, as, as I like to say, is, you know, God promises some things. He said that he came that we may have life and that we, may have, that we might have life abundantly. That's one thing that's always I've always been caught up on is what did he mean by that? What did Jesus Christ mean by that? I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. That abundant life part has always been something that's really weighed heavily on me. And I and as I get older. I just start asking these questions and it's one of the things where I might not get the answer directly, but I'm going to still keep searching. And I believe a lot of this abundant life has to do with what God wants for us to have, what, what he wants for us to experience. And it's outside of your education. Your education, it, it only plays so much before it does you no good to where you have to dive a little bit deeper. And so on this visual aid that I have in front of me now. And so once again, go to YouTube, Giftpreneur, you'll see this visual aid here. But yet Next to that baby, to the right, is something that I believe is imperative for you to get a basic understanding as to who you are. And it happens to be the very word of God itself. And so utilizing the word of God as an instruction manual, you don't even have to be religious. You don't have to be a believer, but just the book itself as a historical documentation of past events that have been proven to be true tells us some great stories. It gives us some great proverbs and wisdom in there that we can use. And just by heeding those words, you'll be better off that if you didn't decide to open that particular book and, and look for some stories that basically replay your life experience. Everything that happened in the Bible is something that you can relate to in some form or fashion, because there's, as the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything is a reoccurrence of past events that took place and so now we get to live in a, in a new age with technology and all that stuff on top of it. But yet the, 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 the Bible is where you'll be able to get a better understanding of who you are. And I, I consider the Bible for me personally is as an instruction manual. Think about this. Everything that you visibly see with your eyes is the result of an idea. 
it, it, it results from a creation of from somebody. Think about it. Like wherever you're at right now, look around. Like so I'm looking at a microphone, I'm looking at a camera, a computer, I'm looking at a book, a phone. All that stuff originated in the idea, in the mind of its creator. And so with each and every item that I'm looking at, they all came with instruction manuals. And then, of course, if you look at the manual, which nobody tends to read, but if you look at the instruction manual that every created item comes with, it gives clear, concise instructions on how to get the best usage out of that item. And so, for example, I have a phone next to me. I'm looking at the phone now. And I remember in the box when I opened it up on top of that was a little phone wrapped up underneath that. You take the phone out. It was a instruction manual, big, thick book. It came in six or seven different languages. And because I'm aware of this concept, I actually opened and I thumbed through it just to see if there's anything I missed. But how often do we utilize the instruction manual for our life? And as I mentioned, if everything created has a creator and then the creator would would do the creation an injustice or the user of that item an injustice if they didn't include the instruction manual because the instruction manual is for the most part is just as important as the item itself because it comes with the warranty it comes with the instructions it comes with the, all the details that's needed to allow you to get the best use out of that item and so look at your life I'm of the mindset, I'm a personal believer that I personally am the creation of my creator, Jesus Christ. And then in the book of Genesis, it says we were created in the image and likeness of him. Therefore, his image and likeness from according to what we're told is that he is a, a spirit that speaks life into things. Like when, when the Lord spoke in Genesis, things came about. Therefore, if we are even close to that, then we have similar attributes and traits that gives us power that we're probably not even aware of and then this where it, it shifts into if you're looking at the screen to the right side of the equation that equals what I can consider a complete and full and thorough life according to what God would want for us and not just what we were taught or what our parents instructed us when they began painting on our canvas call our life and do, doing having done the best they could now that you are aware of the fact that there's only so much your education can get you, there's only so much that you can do with your efforts outside of your creator. Now it's time to reach into the instruction manual and get before our creator and, and just get some clear, precise instructions as to how we're supposed to now get into our life's work. So you got your work life is what you've been naturally taught and what you've been encouraged to do from the time you were born to the time you received your degree or whatever it was and just from the time you got your first paycheck. Because remember, your employment only goes so far. As I said here early on, you get 25, 30 years of your life work and then you're automatically kicked out of the system. The system is designed for you to shut down at 60 to 65. And that's going to change too. So we're going to talk about that too. But think about this. If you were to do both, if you were to have a work life while working on your life's work at the same time. And so this visual aid right here to the right is, of course, is just the beginning. I'm going to build upon this. But once you get to the instruction manual, which happens to be the Bible itself, you'll get in there. You'll find out some things that will be very beneficial for your life. But then to take it even further, once you realize that you are called for something. And so I'm of the mindset. And, and, and the Bible makes it clear that God had some things in mind when he created you. 
And so it's in the book of Jeremiah. Can't think of it offhand. I, I should should have came better prepared. But it talks about I knew you before you were born, I, and and I gave you some. I, I I knew your steps. Your steps were ordered. Everything was planned before you even got here. That lets me know even further that there are some instructions within that book that I'm supposed to extract from my life. And then based upon the foundation here, your gift. This is all about your gift. Everything boils down to your unique area of contribution for humanity because your gift is not for you. It's for who you're meant to give it to, who the Lord wants to get it to through you. And from that, you get the ultimate fulfillment of being a part of his overall game plan. Because remember, everything we're doing in this life is a test run for eternity. So from the time you're born to the time you die, it's a test run to see what type of person were you able to become? If you chose the Lord, then you entered into his kingdom. And now as a part of his kingdom, you are a ambassador of Christ, as the Bible says. And if you're a disciple of him, we've been given simple instructions, which is to teach and to preach the good news of the kingdom. That's ultimately what the, the instruction, the core instructions of the book of the Bible has to, to tell us. But to move right along. If you're looking at the visual aid, the very next item on the list is a box. It's a gift. It is a gift. And within that gift is where this episode will not be able to cover it thoroughly. But yet this podcast uh, in the next several episodes and throughout the life of this podcast, it will be about the contents of that package. And so right here on the screen, you see a gift. You see a gift box with a light coming out of it. What is that? And this is, these are all things that came to me over the last several months as I thought about this concept and how I wanted to get into my life's work. And it happens to be me utilizing my gifts of creativity and the wisdom given to me through the Holy Spirit. And then just basically being obedient and sharing it the way that I am instructed to do so or encouraged to do so with the idea of just touching one soul. Like if just one person listening to the sound of my voice decides to say, hey, I'm carrying something. Let me figure out what this guy talking about. Let me let me get before God, ask him what I'm carrying. And if God sparks something in your heart, my job is done. Now you can join the journey with me of figuring out what it is, because once again, he only gives us bits and pieces to get to the next step. And the very first one is realizing that you're called, realizing that you have a gift and then realizing that it's not about you, realizing it's time to unbox that thing and get it out into the world. So here you have a box here. The box is cracked. There's light coming out of it. What's inside that box is the who is the man is the is the priceless, priceless gift It's the priceless is no there's no dollar sign you can put on what you're carrying. That is the good news. I, that excites me so much because I feel like I just believe this is just me. I believe for myself. I'm loaded with potential. I'm loaded. I am carrying more potential through my gifting that I can ever put a dollar sign on. And so if I try to, I will be limiting myself, limiting myself. So inside that box is a seed. Let's get to the very roots of everything. Go back to Genesis. God placed everything within itself to multiply or to be duplicated according to its kind. That's from Genesis. And so if everything is born with a seed, I, if you're a male, if you're a male, then you possess seed, the seed to human life. You have the, you have within you the ability to sow seed and then within nine months, you'll get a harvest. And so as a, as a young woman, you are incubator. You're, you're meant to carry that seed, a part of the woman in marriage 
structure is that the man was given the work initially to till to the garden, to take care of and keep the garden. And the woman was positioned as his helpmate. And nowadays in society, depending on who you're talking to, you can get in trouble for saying that a woman is meant her. She's best served to be of help to her husband. But for the family union, I believe that that's the best way to get things rolling, to get the most out of life. And it's not to lessen her role because, you know, she brings so much to the table. And so me, as, as I get older, I'm learning to accept those instructions because I think it'll be it'll be very crucial for me to adapt that to that mindset to uh, reach the full fulfillment of my gifting. It has to come, come through my wife. And so that's the part of my journey that I'm working on now. But inside that box is a seed. What is that seed? That seed is whatever it is that you are uniquely crafted to contribute to humanity. And it goes, and it goes so much, much deeper. We're going to get into that in future episodes, but I'm laying some of the foundational work here that should hopefully encourage you and, and excite you to realize that within your box, within you, you have a seed. Now let's tap into that seed. And so one of the key areas to your seed is the fact that whatever you have inside of you in seed form is probably foreign to you, which means that you more than likely you, you never were in, directly confronted with it more than likely until this point or until recently when the Lord showed you that there is something greater for you to do in this world. And it has to do with that gift. And so as the word says, a man's gift makes room for him. Once you find that seed, whatever that seed is, and that's the thing, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be, you know, don't get it twisted. It doesn't have to be a seed that then when, once it's sown, you become the next greatest, you know, world leader and changer. No, it, you know, I believe God designed it so simple that once you find that seed, once you uncover it, then you plant it like a, a seed has to be planted first in order for the process to begin. And so here's the, my simple process here. And of course, I'm going to be adding to this as the Lord gives me instructions. But your seed, once you realize you have a seed, then it's time to find out what that seed is. So a best way, a good, a good way to look at it is. What are some areas in your life? What are some things that you currently are a part of that comes relatively easy to you, whether it be administrative things, whether it be your ability to draw, sing, jump, dance, flip your athletic, whatever that is, that can be a piece to that seed that you can use, because I don't think we're just limited to one gift. We have a uniqueness about ourselves that allows several things that we do to excel. And that's from my own experience. And so. Once you find the seed, now it's time to acknowledge it, get before the Lord and say, hey, Lord, I now recognize that this particular area in my life has always come easy to me. People have acknowledged me for it and they've mentioned that, man, you do this good, you do that good. And like, man, like that's not by coincidence. How does this seed apply to your plans, Lord? How does this seed apply to what you want to do on the earth? And if you ask, as the word says, if you ask, you shall receive, I'm pretty confident that if you ask for more details into what that seed is meant to do, then he'll give you that next step. And whatever that is, that's the process. That's where it's between now and the time you get some instructions that it could be an hour, it could be a day, it could be a year, who knows? And I personally, I'm in that process as well as trying to uncover more of my seeds. But these are all steps that I know and I believe God has for me to, to touch on. And so alongside that box, if you're looking at the screen on YouTube, you see a, a, a wrench and a hammer. 
then once you find our seed, now the best part begins. That's the process of working. You got to now plant the seed. And by planting simply means taking that unique area, that gift, that that skill set, that, that, that area that you're born with. It's not yet ready to be given to the world yet because you got to f- uncover yourself. You got to unbox it. You got to figure out what else is in part of that. And that's the working process. That's where you're working and you're probably doing some things for free, just doing it for fun. Like right now, this podcast is me taking a seed in the form of this wisdom that God has given me. I'm planting in a seed right now by talking through this mic. And I believe that the water, the Lord is going to water it. I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to get before him, get instructions and get back on here for my next episode. And this is me just working. This is just one of the many things that I feel that I am capable of. And just a part of my life's calling. And so this is all things related to your life's work. And you can do all this activity, get into your word, get before God, find out what that seed is, put that seed to work in the form of sowing it in something and beginning something small. This is episode two of what I consider and what I am trusting God to be a part of my life's work. And so this thing right here has no it has no end to it. I won't be retiring from my life's work. And that's a benefit of finding your life's work when you find your life's work. And that goes to the next image. It's a tree with some fruit on it. Once you get into your life's work, the seed has been planted, it's been cultivated, it's been grown. Now people will begin to eat the fruit from your seed. And that's where you get into your legacy, because long after you're gone, if you do a good job of serving your gift before the world, that tree remains. You think about some of the greatest leaders in this world. Think about some of the influential people that have a legacy now. and They're long gone. You got the, the Steve Jobs, a tech guru. He's been gone a decade now. Apple will always be a part of people's lives because he was the original designer of it. It was a seed that was in him. That it started, he planted it, and now it's growing. That tree, that that tree will produce iPhones until they until until it's no more. You think about Martin Luther King. He was a civil rights person. He's he he was known for sacrificing his life for a cause that he was willing to die for. When you hear the words Martin Luther King Jr. from here on, it's in the record books. It's gonna out it outlived him. And I think this is a lot of this is a lot of things of what the life work concept has to do. Because if you're doing your if you're doing your life's work and if you're doing it for the Lord, through the Lord and through him, it's going to outlive you. There's no retirement date. That is the good news right there. Your life's work doesn't come with the retirement because it's something I believe personally that you're meant to do until you check out officially. And the best person that was an example is Jesus Christ. According to scripture, he he left this world in his early 30s. And it, after a couple of years of ministry, and if all that lines up to be true, then you don't have to live a long life to fulfill your life's calling, your purpose. And this is all, what this is all about. So with that being the case, this is just a you know foundational pieces. I wanted to just get before you guys episode two and distinguish. And hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that you took away. From, there's two areas of life. There's two sides of the canvas that you have to draw on. If you're looking at the screen, you know what they are to the left. Is what your parents scripted on your what they began drawing on your canvas, which happens to just play along with what comes naturally, you know, and all this stuff can be done at the same time. That's what excites me is the fact that you can, as I said in episode one, you can get up and go to work. And as the Bible says, sow your seed in the morning. But when you're done, don't let your hands be idle. Use your and this is what I'm excited to encourage and tell people. 
if you're employed, if you're self-employed, whatever it is, use that time of seed sowing and as well as your time sowing, your skills sowing to an employer or whoever it might be directly to your customer if you're self-employed. Use that time to get the income to take care of the necessities, but don't let your employment be the beginning and the end of your life because according to the information I shared earlier, you're going to have 10 to 15 jobs in your lifetime. And, and after this decade, double that. And then you're going to spend 20 to 30 years looking to climb the ladder of some kind within those 12 to 15 jobs. Along the way, it is your obligation to make sure while you're fulfilling your work life, to then focus on your life's work. Because once you are kicked out of the workforce at 60 to 65, you better make sure you've sown some seed into something that will outlive you if you want to experience as what I believe God mentions when he says an abundant life. He's come that we might have an abundant life. An abundant life to me means more than I can ever fully use in this life. And I know for a fact for me, I'm not sure about you, but when it comes to employment by itself, as it's been sold to me, I don't like the idea of having to wait every two weeks or every week for a paycheck, <laughs> but yet that's just a part of that particular pathway, which comes with a cap and em employment places a cap on what your potential earning is. Because once you're 10, 20, 30 years into the workforce, you've already put pretty much put a ceiling on what you're going to make. And that's just when it comes to the economic side of things, that's which is the least important of what I'm trying to get to you. But then on the other side of the equation, if you're looking at the C in this box, once you open that box, as I mentioned in the beginning, there's no limit to what your true value is because you don't even know what you're carrying. You don't even know what you're capable of yet. So you can't put a price tag on it, but it's up to you to figure out what them seeds are. Get them sown into the ground. Let the Lord do his work on them. And then so that when 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 you're at 65, you should by the time you're 65, you should have a tree that's producing fruit where you won't have to be there. And when you die, that tree, that tree should be around. And that's where we get into legacy, passing on something to your kids. You can't pass employment to your kids, but you can pass the process of your seed sowing for your life's work to your children. And with that being the case, I'm going to draw to an end right there because I can go on and on. But yet this is episode two. We just beginning. So as always, if you've enjoyed this, wherever you listen to this at, give it a thumbs up, share this information, put it out there. If you listen to it via podcast on any of the platforms, give us a good review so this can rise to the top and people can understand the importance of putting their gift before their employment. Because if they want something to outlive them, it's going to have to come through the self-discovery and the unboxing of your uniqueness. And so other than that, look forward to episode three. We're going to be back. Uh, I'm going to try to get to this more often. I want some feedback. This journey is no journey for me if you ain't not a part of it. So I need to hear from you. Leave a comment beneath this if you're watching on video or leave a comment in the review section and let me know your thoughts. Where are you at on your journey? Do you recognize the importance of distinguishing between your life's work and your work life? You need both right now until one outpasses the other. Preferably, it'll be your life's work because it'll outlive you. But other than that, Giftpreneur, episode two. I'm enjoying it. I'm excited already. Work your gift or someone will work you. I'll see you at the next episode. Make sure you get this out there. Subscribe, share, leave me a comment. Let me give me some feedback as to how this is going for you and what else you guys want to hear. I'm definitely about that. If it's in relation to the work and employment and gifts, I'm all in. Anyway, be blessed, be safe. See you in the next episode.